Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Alan Stein. He's a seasoned executive with a remarkable career. He has worked for some of the top companies in the world, American Express, Google, Meta, and Salesforce, just to do some name dropping. After having navigated through five layoffs without setbacks, consistently securing new positions faster than the average professional, he made a bold decision. He founded Kadima Career because he realized that taking ownership of one's career is a crucial skill that can indeed be taught. He's passionate about bringing his talents and passion to the table with the goal of helping others while creating more equity and diversity in the tech industry. Hello, Alan. Welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you so much, Leticia, for having me here. I'm really excited. I am very excited as well because, you know, we talk about with so many guests about having the ideal career, about uh, going to work for big companies. And obviously you achieved that. So uh, I'm very curious, even more so than normally, as to, you know, what were your dreams when you were growing up? Did you ever envision going to the tech industry? Do you envision ending up inspiring others. So I always like to trace back passions to to our early years. As a kid, I didn't have very auspicious goals. I thought I think I debated between trying to become a shortstop for the New York Mets, which uh, (laughs) that went up failing pretty quickly when I was couldn't hit the curveball. And I also thought about being potentially a garbage man because they had very good hours. They were done working by noontime. And it was a pretty cushy job. (laughs) So I didn't really think about tech as a career back as a a kid. Mm, Okay. But were you passionate about technology at all? Or just how did you, like among the the companies that I mentioned, what was your first job? And uh, if you can share a little bit about how you got there. Well, I was passionate about technology as a little kid. So as a 10 or 11 year old, I taught myself spreadsheets on a the precursor to Excel, Lotus 123. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting Mitch Kapoor, who is the inventor of Lotus 123. I got a selfie with him at Afrotech Mm -hmm. last week. Um, So I was like into tech and my dad got us an Apple IIc when I was young Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he brought home a PC, um, I think a IBM 386 from the office as they were trying, they were upgrading their hardware. So we were able to get that. So I was into I had access to tech and I liked technology and printing stuff on dot matrix printers as a kid and things like that. So I, I, I always had a tech bent to me. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. And so when the, the time to, to choose your career, and this is going to be very appropriate because that's not what you do for others. And when you came to the point where I need to choose what to pursue, how did you make that decision? So I've had seven distinct careers and the choices behind each of them were different. I'll I'll tell you quickly each of them and then we can dive into any of them that are of interest. Sure. But when I was in college, I was going for a uh, psychology 
So my parents were like, what are you going to do with a psych degree? So I asked some professors and they're like, well, you should be a PhD and you should be a clinical psychologist. And I was, I found out that some programs were free. They pay you for a PhD. So I applied to those programs. I applied to 20 programs. I got rejected from all 20, including one of them twice. But then mm -hmm. I got off the wait list for University mm -hmm. of Delaware and I wound up at Delaware. So mm -hmm. I like I can go into details of others, but I was in psychology. Then I wound up on Wall Street, and there's a story to that. Then I wound up in baseball, and I shouldn't say wound up. I decided to pursue Wall Street. I decided to pursue baseball. I decided to pursue marketing. I've mm -hmm. decided to pursue tech, and now I'm deciding to pursue entrepreneurship. Mm, that's well. That's uh, I love it. That what makes you a great guest because you know one of my goals with this uh, podcast is to really you know delve into that decision process because a lot of people want to do it, dream about changing careers, dream about maybe getting a better job than the one they have, but you know sometimes we get uh, paralyzed by fear of what could happen. And so when you say I decided to pursue, was it just? like your interest, your curiosity, you were following your curiosity. I was just like following the opportunity, like an opportunity presented and you say, you know, what the heck, let me just try it. Wall Street I chose because I thought I could make a lot of money in that. So I thought that sounded interesting. And it was a combining analytics as well that I, I, I'm passionate about analytics. Uh, baseball, I pursued because I read the book Moneyball by Michael mm -hmm. Lewis. And I was like, mm -hmm. that sounds awesome. I want to be Billy Bean. And I figured out how to get a job in baseball. And I worked for the New York Mets and the Toronto Blue Jays minor league affiliates. Mm. Then I realized that the pay sucked and the work-life balance sucked there. And I decided to go back to business school to reset myself and pivot into marketing. So mm. I looked for top schools in the New York area where I'm from, that where my wife works. And I figured out how to improve my score in the GMAT by studying. And mm -hmm. I was able to get into a top MBA program. So... There have been different thought processes of what led to why I made the choice. Like when I went into tech, it was because I was at American Express and I enjoyed my career there. I learned a lot. I've met lots of great friends that to this day have been very supportive of me and my career. And I've become friends with them outside of work. Um, but every year in the employee survey at American Express, the lowest rated item was compensation. And leadership would always tell us that, oh, every company complains about compensation. Every Everybody at every company complains about compensation. But I can tell you unequivocally that is BS. Because mm -hmm. when I went to Google, that was not a big issue. Like not everybody was happy with our compensation. But in terms of the survey items, that was always one of the higher rated items in terms of uh, are we getting compensated fairly? I forget exactly the, the words, but that was not an issue at Google. That was not an issue at Facebook. So um, some companies pay more. Interesting. No, I, I, I hear you. And so you uh, start to pursue that and then eventually there were other. Could you identify, was there any like equal denominator in terms of when you made that choice to jump or was it? I mean, I work for a hundred and fifty thousand people company that then went bankrupt. So we went to multiple uh, series of layoffs and that was brutal. And yeah. that's when I decided to join the family business. And I say, if, 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 you know, you're going to become no matter of your talent, you're a number and, and it's going to hit you no matter what 
at some point sooner or later. You're happy. You're lucky if you didn't. But you know, for somebody with uh, your extensive career, I'm I'm not surprised that it it impacted you that way. Any you know like nuggets of wisdom you want to share from that process of being in a company maybe that you like and then having to go through that process. Yeah. So I've been fired five times in my career, which sounds like a lot, but I've had 29 jobs. So 24 of the jobs I left on my own volition. So that, that's pretty good. Um, but And if, if you don't mind my saying, you're probably the only person I know people that have been fired and they say they were laid off. You're probably one of the, probably the only I've heard that were, was layoffs five times and you say I was fired. Yeah. yeah like uh, I've been at lots of companies that use lots of euphemisms. At American Express, I, I was not fired at American Express, but I've had to lay off people, but we called it displaced mm. there. And at Salesforce, when we were laying off people, we were explicitly told not to use a word layoff or fire. We were supposed to say reshaping. So mm. companies choose mm. to use whatever euphemism they want, but I call it firing your ass. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, and any any wisdom that came from that in terms of uh, of the experiences? Yeah. So the wisdom is just a reminder that we all are employed at will. Unless you are a unionized employee, maybe a government employee, um, we are all employed at will. And it says that in almost every contract that I have reviewed, and I review lots of offer letters for clients of ours. A client just got a job at LinkedIn, and we look at that and we review it. For them and we help them um, navigate that we are employed at will which means that it is the will of the company to hire or fire you at their will but on the flip side as a candidate as an employee it gives you the will and the right to leave at any time for any reason mm. so uh, essentially we are all free agents and in sports uh, athletes have fought long and hard for their right to free agency we as employees have that right. We don't choose to use it all the time. We're also not as um, as hot of a commodity as a, a LeBron Jordan or a Patrick Mahomes or something like that. But if you are, you are still employed at will and you can leave at any time for any other company for any reason. Mm. That's, uh, yeah, that's empowering on both ends, right? Like when people say I cannot leave um, and um and yeah, and they convinced themselves about it. So I understand that through all that process that you went through, I think the pandemic was also kind of a catalyst in terms of deciding to create your own company. And uh, we're going to get a little bit more into the exciting uh, work you do. But let's go there. As, as as I understand, for many people, the pandemic presented challenges. Yeah, the pandemic was actually, I wouldn't say fortunate, but it it was okay for us. You know, like I have a healthy family. My wife's a doctor. So she was caught up in some of the stuff and she was involved with the vaccine trials, helping with the vaccine trials and things like that. But we have shelter. We have extra rooms in our house so that we're I, I shared my office with my son. Like so I had a dirty bed in the background, not not dirty, yeah. just unmade bed yeah. in the background, but I had the space to work. So we were some of the fortunate ones. And I was already working remotely at Salesforce at the time. So I was working from New York. I would travel out to Seattle once a month. That's where um, not that's where my main bosses were. But with the pandemic, I just worked from home, and it actually the pandemic allowed me to 
because I worked from home and everybody worked from home, it almost put me on equal playing field with everybody else. Because before I was a remote employee, I always had to travel out. Now Mm -hmm. no one traveled. Mm -hmm. So for me, it worked out positively. We also got a COVID puppy uh, and Mm -hmm. she's awesome. So, and um, fortunately, everyone in my family that has gotten COVID has recovered from COVID. So it it was actually a good opportunity for us to be with our kids and our family during the during the time it was not pleasant but um and i got covid twice my wife got it i think she got it once but um mm-hmm. yeah but it it could have been a hell of a lot worse for us we're very fortunate and um yeah and lucky well, that's great that's great and so and and maybe it was the way i read it but i was under the impression that your company was born during that time so oh, yeah. obviously you were <laughs> yeah. you were in sales that, i mean but you were in salesforce.com yeah, yeah. and then at some point what happened How so did that that, that's another jump? thing because i was remote and i was able to basically start my business and run it on the side so right now in front of me, I have four monitors. You can't see that. But during COVID, I started having four monitors. And I had one laptop that was Salesforce and one laptop that was Kadima. And I would have them side by side. And I would do most of my work on Kadima as I was building that out. As I got emails or I got things in to Salesforce, I would respond to those. I would attend my meetings that I needed to. But um, Salesforce knew I was working on the outside business activity. I told them of that. I don't think they knew um, that I was doing it during the day, but I was getting my work done. So you don't really need to define the hours that you did it. But yeah, so I was able to manage those two businesses simultaneously. Great. And in terms of that creating, like that passion, you you said, I want to put my passion into that. So you now are helping people, uh, you know, step up into the best job, into the best career. That's something that you just enjoy doing because you've done it so many times. And people say, how come, you know, like you get, you always uh, end up in a better place, in a better situation, or what was the inspiration behind Kadima? And I would love to know of the name too. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you the inspiration and then I'll tell you about the name. So I just have a knack of getting jobs and like clarifying my goals and attaining those goals. And so people would come to me for advice all the time. I got a lot of people that were interested in work at working at Google when I was there. I got nine people referred in, which is an unusually high amount. The person who referred me into Google, I was the only one he ever got into Google. So the nine is a lot of people to get into Google. So I was helpful and supportive of getting people in and supporting them during the process. And I found that I was getting people jobs at other companies too. I was coaching someone who got a job at Amazon. Was coaching someone who got a job at Microsoft, not formally coaching, just informally. People would come to me for advice, and I like doing that. I manage teams in sales, operations, finance, marketing, sales operations, data management, and the commonality between all that was I really like growing and developing careers, and I was always very focused on the recruiting side. So one year at Google, I grew my team by sixty people, forty or sixty people in a year. And I insisted that every new hire that comes to my team, even though they're not reporting directly to me, just managers on my team, that I'd be part of the interview process. Mm -hmm. So I interviewed 225 people in 2015. So I at Google and Google has a fairly rigorous process. So um, I 
like there, there's this term ikigai, like a Japanese term that talks about like when you find what you're good at, what the world will pay for, what the world needs, and what you enjoy doing. It's like this Venn diagram of everything and that, that comes together for me. So I've been fortunate after 47 years, that's when I founded Kadima. Now I'm 50, um, that all of that came together. And so Kadima was founded to accelerate careers. And we're looking to accelerate 1 million careers by 2040. And I was talking to a friend of mine over martinis in the summer. Uh, during COVID, we were socially distanced, but both drinking martinis. Mm-hmm. And my friend David, who is Israeli, I was telling him the concept and he liked the concept. And we we're talking about some names for it. And I asked him, how do you say accelerate in Hebrew? And I forget what the term is for accelerate, but he said Kadima means forward. And mm-hmm. I like the name. It's the name of a childhood game that I used to play. And I got mm-hmm. the trademark for Kadima for business services. Mm-hmm. So now we're at Kadima Careers, which means like forward in Hebrew. I love it. Yeah, I like it. I, I, behind every name, there's always such an interesting story. So I, I, I love that. So, wow, one million careers is a lot. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you're trying to do this. I mean, I've been in your web page which is is kadimacareers.com correct yes and it will be on the show notes and all all that but basically what's your ideal candidate and i say this because i know there's people listening out there that maybe say yeah i don't want to change jobs and i don't and now after talk after hearing you and say oh okay yeah i could maybe leave my job and even get paid more um so what's what's that ideal candidate for for kadima the ideal candidate is someone who is motivated to make a change, is open to feedback, and has a growth mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so if, if you have all those, and you're open to hearing the process, like, I can tell people like people argue with me, like my kids don't listen to me, my wife doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to optimize for your career trajectory, and you are trying to optimize for compensation, um, it, there are things that you can do, specific things that will increase the amount of interviews that you get, that will increase the amount of offers that you get. And then when you get those offers, will increase the amount of money that you will negotiate and earn. So if basically anybody who's looking for a better opportunity and to take charge of their career rather than have the, have their career happen to them, mm-hmm. like from inbound, some recruiter reaching out to them, um, anyone who's ready to take control, we help. Mm, I love that. I love that. And and that doesn't mean changing their jobs, but mostly like you say, I want to accelerate where I am in this organization. Like I am, I'm here, but I feel I'm stuck in this position, not necessarily having to change completely. Um, it depends. It often will help you to get external experience. Mm-hmm. So we generally teach the the new every two rule. So every two years, mm-hmm. you should be going, it depends on the stage of your career, but like assuming that like from like 21 to 60, you have like 40 years of working, every two years, you should be thinking about um, a new opportunity, either going up within the organization, so getting promoted or getting increased scope over mm-hmm. within the organization. So getting mm-hmm. some functional expertise, regional expertise, some like management expertise, build and stretch yourself. Or if you're not getting either of those internally, get the hell out. Mm-hmm. And 
if if you care about your career and you're looking to accelerate your career, there's times in people's lives where they just want to kind of coast. And that's totally mm-hmm. cool. Like when we were having our kids when they were young, my wife and I made some choices in our careers that prioritize time with our children. And not that we don't prioritize time with our children, but now my kids are 17, my bo- my boys are 17, my daughter's 15. They don't want to spend time with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I have more time to dedicate towards my career. So I'm making different decisions based on the lifestyle that I have to balance. Mm, I love that. So in your opinion, and in, in, in helping people already for, for several years, what, where do you think people get stuck in a way of, of their career acceleration? A few things. One, they're not thinking about where they want to go. They're just mm-hmm. letting things happen to them. So there might be some inbound request on LinkedIn or some recruiter reaches out or something inbound happens. And that's like getting hit on at a bar. When was the last time that you were hit on by some drunk guy or woman at a bar and it turned out to be a a good long term relationship? You might have had like fun for like a night, but it's not the long term relationship that you're probably going to have. So so people need to move from reactive to proactive, figure out who they want to hit on at that bar. Doesn't mean you're gonna uh, you're going to have success every time. You have to be comfortable with rejection. Secondly, people tell themselves things in their head that are just based on a story and not based on fact. So, for instance, I was rejected from Google five times before I ever got an interview from there. And there are clients that I work with that would say, "Hey, screw Google. I'm not good enough for Google. They would never consider me." Instead, when I had the opportunity through a friend of a friend to talk to someone at Google, and there was an opportunity for me to apply for a job that I was woefully unqualified for, when they said, am I interested in it? I was like, sure, hell yeah. And I went through the interview process. So people tell, like, I could have told myself that I'm not Google material. I'm not going to apply for this job that I only can do about four out of the 10 requirements on the job Mm -hmm. description. Or I could say, sure, I would love to do this. And I busted my ass and I prepared for the interview and I reached out to, I built new relationships within the walls of Google, got a lot of insight about what the interview process was. And I spent the entire weekend preparing. It doesn't mean that I would have like always get the job because you're Mm -hmm. still, I was still competing with probably three to four other equally qualified people. And I happened Mm -hmm. to they they like the fact that I had American Express on my background. They like the fact that I had Columbia Business School. They like the fact that I managed people because they were looking for stronger managers. So that worked in my favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I got my offer at Amazon, I got rejected 21 times, including getting to the interview, uh, the final interviews two times with Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so people tell themselves things and they opt themselves out. Mm-hmm. And often people that are not as well connected inside. So they don't see people like themselves inside the walls. So they don't, they also don't think that they are capable of being inside those walls. Mm, and, and again, it's just a thought because they're, they are capable. And like a lot of what we do at Kadima is really confidence building. Mm, I I totally agree with that. Sometimes it's, we are our biggest uh, saboteurs, as they call it. We yes. sabotage ourselves. And uh, I, one of my favorite things is, is we don't try, you don't know. And, uh, and so the worst that can happen is you get a no. And, uh, you know, I've had some of my, my most like prominent 
guests besides you, like Seth Godin, like people say, how did you get Seth Godin? And I say, yes, <laughs> I also, it's true. I took several courses from, you know, the Seth Godin portfolio. So it's not somebody that's coming out of the blue. I want an interview, right? It's somebody that's also creating a connection. And I do believe that that also has a lot of value. It's why you want to do something, why you want to work here rather than it's just Google or Apple. It's a great company, but I think people have to go in depth also in terms of why. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and yeah, like a lot of this stuff can be learned and a lot of this stuff like you need to ask and you don't get what you don't ask for. Mm. But beautiful. So basically, um, you know, uh, let's say I'm interested, I'm going to go there. You have developed a program, a full service. Talk to us about, you know, you have an open microphone to say what is exciting you these days in the work you're doing. Yeah. So what we've done, we've developed essentially, if you want to get abs of steel, you can either get Beachbody videos at home. You can go to the gym and take a Zumba class or a spinning class, or you can get a personal trainer. That's how people get abs of steel or get a really good, like, great body. Similarly, with getting a great job, that's how we're kind of thinking about it with Kadima. So people can order our digital course. It teaches you everything that you need to do, the framework, the, the mindset, the worksheets, the scripts of exactly what you need to do to get a great job. And for people that like to beach, uh, beach body at home, you can do that at your own pace. People that want more of a group setting, we have group coaching. And it's a six-month program where they see me once a week and they work and we have community events and we have master classes on deep dives plus the video. So they have the video to go by, the scripts and the transcripts, the scripts and the worksheets to go through. And they're in a group setting and you have that community building. And then for people that want a personal coach, that make sure that they are motivated, held accountable, and are um, prog progressing, we have a personalized coaching program. So it really depends on what people are looking for and what, like how much time they want to put in and how much effort they want to put in to do this. And we find that that more personalized attention, people get results quicker, but um, people that are really self-motivated can do it with beach body at home or what we call the job acquisition method. That's our okay. version of beach body. I'm, okay. I'm, a, I, I'm, I, I'm on the videos. I'm not that attractive. I do not have a beach body. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I think that you made it very tangible for people, you know, in terms of the analogy. And I think it's great because you define, you def design something where those that, you know, because let's be honest, people, when they get registered on the gym, the you know most people you know i think that the rate of dropping out is within the first three weeks on a new year's like they start very enthusiastically and then you acquire something that and I, and I think there's no worse feeling that when you spend money on something that then you don't use yeah so I, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is frustrating um i've done it myself too i've joined the gym and then i stopped going um um now I work out at home and I have a habit. So I, I've I've created some things so that I, I I do work out and not get too big of a gut. That's great. No, that's great. But that the, the point that you said that you know you also have created a community. I think that's really where you know the strength gets built because then people get on the journey together. And that's to go back to Seth Godin. That's really how this podcast was born because I took the course and I was on the journey 
four years ago with other podcasters, and then we create a community. And some people still edit my podcast that I met on that group. So I think that that's great. I compliment you for doing that because I really think that's the biggest lacking is that community creation. I 100% agree. It's something that I totally undervalued. So we we have not really marketed the value of the community. Right now, we have mm-hmm. 250 plus active members in the community, plus alumni that go to a lot of these companies. We got someone into LinkedIn, uh, Meta, like even these companies that you hear all these hiring freezes mm-hmm. for, they are hiring. They're hiring less, but they're hiring. So the community, not just the people that are going through mm-hmm. the job, I don't call it job search, I call it job acquisition, because you're mm-hmm. acquiring the job. Mm-hmm. You're not searching for the job, you're acquiring the job. Um, so people that are going through it, they're, they are very supportive of one another. They do a lot of mock interviews and practice of informational interviews. And then our alumni, our Kadima alumni that are at these companies tend to be super helpful of people because mm-hmm. they've been there, they've done that, they know the pain, they know the challenges, and they know how if you put in the hard work, if you do what we tell advise them to do, they will get more interviews, they will get more offers, and they will make more money. Well, that's great, Alan. I mean, I, I'm very honored that you have shared this wisdom. Of course, everything will be online and I, I'm sure people will be curious because who doesn't want to make more money? Who doesn't want to be on a better job? Uh, you know, it's I, I think it really is worth considering for everybody listening out there. And, uh, you know, I always end up the episode with asking my guests about what makes them tick. So in those days where you were down and you didn't know what was going to be happening with your life and the layoffs. And when you had to reconnect to your source of energy, what would that be? I think ultimately it's my family and like my wife and my kids. So like I've gone through three bouts of depression in my life. One time was during Kadima and during COVID. Um, So it wasn't like, even though I said COVID was actually beneficial for me and like my family, not beneficial, but wasn't terrible. I did go through my third bout of depression then. And what ultimately centers me and has gives me the support is my wife, who's amazing, and the kids who I love. They're sometimes amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh for the most part, they are amazing. Yes, no, I, I love my I love my kids. And I was a teenager too. So I oh, I, yeah. I know that they will love me more. I don't think they love me less, but I think they will uh, spend more time with me. And I will spend more time with them. So I've been like to my fault, I've been working 17 hours a day with Kadima. So I have less time for my family, but they also have volleyball and lifeguarding and whatever the hell kids do nowadays. All the activities. Well, but the, the beauty is that you know that's your back to basics. You know that's the purpose and the driver behind everything and that what makes you feel good and at and at home so that that is great so alan i want to thank you for being part of back to basics for giving us your sharing your wisdom and we wish you best of luck and to all you out there check out kadimacareers.com and and until a new episode thanks so much leticia and kudos to seth godin for helping you become such an amazing podcaster well thank you so much everybody out there that was you absorbing and uh executing Uh, Thank you so much. It means a lot. And uh, thank you. And until the new episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. 
Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.